My Town, live with Rod Hawker. I'm Rod Hawker. This is 100.9 The Line. I've got Mr. Jeff Truhan here today. Good morning, Jeff. Morning, Rod. How are you? I am awesome, thanks. Thanks for coming in, Jeff. Jeff is the CEO and administrator of Shook Home, downtown Chambersburg. Uh, man, a mainstay of downtown Chambersburg. Yes, sir. Been there since 1918. 1918. Wow. Also, you just had your 100-year anniversary then. That's right. You did we have did. a big thing. Yes. Yeah. Well, Jeff, I was excited to get you in today because, uh, you know, the health care and you see the all those industries are booming. I mean, you know, everybody's adding on. You got Quincy, Meadow Haven. You've did, done an expansion. Yes, absolutely. Exciting times. Yeah, it is exciting. So I wanted to ask you just as an overview of what do you see in the industry, first off, and, and how sure. how it's changed. Well, within, uh, the, from, within the long-term care industry itself, I think we're seeing a shift away from long-term institutionalized care to more short-term rehabilitation services, kind of acting as a bridge, if you will, um, from acute hospital stays to getting people back home in the community. So as a result of that, we're really ramping up our short-term rehabilitative services that we offer. Mm-hmm. So how many long-term care beds do you have now at Chocom? We have 65 beds in total, all of which are duly licensed Medicare, Medicaid. Um, so all of those beds can be used for short-term rehab services, although we do have 17 private rooms, which we try to dedicate for that specifically. Okay, and you guys just did a nice expansion yourself down there. Yes, recently mm-hmm. added the rehab center on to the facility itself. Um, so not only do we offer the skilled nursing services as well as personal care and residential living, but the rehab itself. And with that building came new service lines as well. Um, not only are we doing the inpatient rehab, but outpatient as well as part of that continuum of care. Because once we see a short-term rehab resident go home, Oftentimes, when they no longer qualify for inpatient services, they still require some of that outpatient care as well. So Mm -hmm. this way, they can come back to us, see the same therapist that they saw while they were an inpatient, and have that continuity of care. Mm -hmm. So, Jeff, you said you've been around 100 years. And what uh, most of the facilities are scripture-based, faith-based. Is that the case at Chukum? We are faith-based, albeit non-denominational. Non-denominational, cool. And and how does that work? You guys are five hundred one C. We are. I mean, five hundred one C three, correct? Mm-hmm. And you got a, a board, and how's that work? Yes, we have a board of directors. There's fifteen directors on the board, um, all of which are local professionals here in the community, which I'm very proud of. Um, the locus of control is here, um, and they do not micromanage. They enable myself and my senior management team to run the facility as we fee- see fit. Mm-hmm. Although they do provide the necessary um, guidance and oversight. Mm. There's a lot of uh, Jeff. There's a lot of misunderstanding about how how a home works these days. I mean, I know that uh, there's people that seem to think that you know if something happens, you just call them up and and they mm-hmm. they go in and to see you and they and you take care of them. Right, and that's right. just not uh, the case it's, because I think everybody's four. Or I mean, correct? It? Yeah, um, our occupancy has been running very high this past year. So the reality is there's been very few openings, and I think the same holds true across the board mm-hmm. you know, as we continue to see our population age. Um, so what I would recommend is, you know, I would not wait till the last minute until there's an emergency and then you're, you're placing somebody under duress. Um, you know, this is always a topic that nobody really likes to talk about, but I think, I think we need to face it and face it early enough on that you have the ability to do your due diligence, do your homework, Go out and meet uh, with representatives of various facilities, tour those facilities, and find one that's a good match for you. 
you know, I'd like to say Shook Home would be, but mm-hmm. to be honest, maybe we will, maybe we won't. And the mm-hmm. reality is you want to come in, you want to talk to us and, and do so with our competitors as well and find that good match. Hmm. So how long have you been there, Jeff? I've been there a little over 12 years as the CEO. Wow, you've been there 12 years. And yes, sir. What was your background, by the way? Um, prior to coming, I was an administrator as well for several years. And prior to that, um, I'm a social worker by profession. Um, so I served as the director of social services at a nursing home for several years prior to becoming an administrator. So pretty much all of my professional career has been in long-term care. Mm. And let me ask you, Jeff, how, how's the struggle with uh, what Medicare, Medicaid pays with how you bill and so forth? That, that's a big topic with seniors. It is, and it's always a challenge for providers. Um, the reality of the matter is you see less and less individuals with the private pay resources and more and more that are dependent upon entitlement programs such as Medicare and Medicaid. Um, while Medicare is meant to be a short-term pay source, largely in part for rehabilitative services, medical assistance is meant more for those long-term patients. Um, and unfortunately, the reimbursement rate through medical assistance is much lower than what our normal private pay daily rate would be, or even the cost of care. Ergo, there's, there's often a contractual loss there on medical assistance residents. Um, and we're running at about a 60% occupancy rate for medical assistance residents at the present time. Um, and we do over a million dollars of charity care a year. So we're providing those um, care and services to residents regardless of their ability to pay. And again, that, that totals over a million dollars annually. Hmm. Well, how does the home uh, fund that? Um, very fortunately, we do have benevolent care endowments um, that can offset those costs of care. So we're blessed very much in that way. Hmm. And so when somebody comes into your facility, mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason, then they have a permanent home? Is that the is that correct? Never, that's correct. We've never asked anybody to leave due to um, lack of resources. And that holds true both in the nursing home as well as in the personal care home. Wow, that's fantastic. Uh, Phew, those are things you just don't hear about. You don't know how it works. And the Benevolent right. Care Fund, is there fundraisers or how does that work? We do or? do an annual fundraiser. We're actually getting ready to launch one here within the next couple months. So I'd ask your audience to um, keep their eyes right. and ears open for that as well. Absolutely. Well, we do an event line here, so I always tell people we always send stuff to me. Okay. We announce it on the air. We talk about it for weeks leading up to the event just mm-hmm. to keep everybody aware of it. Okay, well, listen, this is Jesus Pete, 741, <laughs> 742. Going to have to bounce out for a quick one-minute break, and we'll be right back with Jeff Truhan. He's the CEO and administrator of Shook Home, downtown Chambersburg. Yeah, this is my town, 100.9 The Line. This is Ron Hawker, and welcome back. Thanks for being with us today. We always enjoy our listeners listening, and we enjoy our guests coming in to tell us all about themselves. And I'm here with Jeff Truhan, and he is the CEO and administrator for Shook Home. And one of the things I see out there in the industry, uh, the healthcare industry, is lack of people to help and lack of employees. We're at 3.2, 3 3.3% on employment, Jeff. I imagine that's a struggle for everybody and yourself as well. It is. It's a struggle across industries, but particularly for the healthcare industry as well. Um, We're kind of our own niche within the market and a specialty, if you will. And to try to find the appropriate qualified individuals to bring in to care for and other individuals is very difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, We've recently had a recruitment campaign where we have increased salaries and wages. Um, added additional staff as a means of recruitment and retention. 
Mm. And that's been very successful for us. We actually now have a waiting list for staff, particularly with our CNAs. So we're very proud of that. Wow, that is good. You know, Jeff, that's one thing I wouldn't have thought of. You said added staff as a, as a retention vehicle because uh, my sister-in-law works at, uh, at a home, and that's one of the problems at weekends. People don't show up, and they're very stressed out. they got a lot mm-hmm. of patience, and uh, that makes you want to look somewhere else to go to work. Sure. So on average right now, every caregiver has a caseload of approximately seven residents, which is roughly half of what you're going to find elsewhere. Um, so we're very proud of that, and I think mm-hmm. that drives good quality of care as well. Wow, well, that's fantastic. So your staff, tell me about your staff. Well, I have a wonderful senior management team um, that I work with, and I'm very blessed to have them. They're all very kind, caring, knowledgeable, professional people, so I want to thank them this morning for mm-hmm. all their hard work and effort. The rally matter is I might sit in the chair, but they do the hard work. <laughs> um, yeah. And that goes throughout the building to all yeah. the floor staff as well. And not only nursing staff that are providing the direct patient care, but um, maintenance, housekeeping as mm-hmm. well. All those departments are really interdependent. And if one person doesn't do their job properly, then, you know, it can mm-hmm. set a domino effect in place. So it, it really is a team effort. And we're blessed to have a great team and great staff. And I just want to thank them for everything yeah. they do every day. Um, sometimes it can be a thankless job, and it's, it's not easy. It's hard, hard work. Well, I think as, as you age, your patience level isn't as good as it is when you're younger. Right. And, and you can be not to, you know a little aggressive in mm-hmm. some of the way you come across to the staff, and sure. they have to maintain a, a good attitude. And fortunately or unfortunately, when my mom had a little incident, and she was spent some time there at Chilcombe. Mm-hmm. It was a wonderful experience for right. her, and she was good. up in the newer portion area yes. you've got the six new rooms up there and That's right. uh, so it was really good and uh i applaud you for the good job you guys do there thank you so downtown jeff mm-hmm. you've got a footprint down there a lot of buildings are being raised and and we i'm do. thinking we man do. what's what's shook home doing uh yeah, as obviously I, as i alluded to earlier you know it's, it's a very exciting time in, mm-hmm. in the downtown and, and for shook um in 2017 we did add as you said our rehabilitation wellness center and, and that sort of capped off the quarter block that we were on. So we needed to um, expand beyond that footprint um, to secure land for future expansion. Mm-hmm. And, and we were successful in doing that. Um, we acquired two properties uh, contiguous with our campus along Lincoln Way East, um, the former K building mm-hmm. and the current F&M drive-through building. Um, we are in the process of raising the K building at this point in time. And I anticipate raising the 150 building probably in about a year, year and a half. Wow. That's fantastic. That's really going to open things up down there. I it did is. see some uh, tubs laying, some enamel tubs yes, laying there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you never know what they pull out of those things. But yeah. So, um, yeah, so we're inventorying that property for right now. And, you know, we're probably looking at doing an expansion project in the next five to eight years, realistically. Mm-hmm. So when, when you guys plan for that, like the other uh, rehab facility, is that mm-hmm. is that a capital campaign kind of thing? Or how does that work? Um, largely in part, our board of directors is always involved in strategic planning, looking at the needs of the community and trying to anticipate uh, what they will need in the future. Um, we really didn't do a capital campaign for that. We, we funded that primarily ourselves. Um so with that being said, you know, what will our property look like in five to eight years? I don't know. I think it's going to be pretty much market-driven. So we're going to inventory that and wait and see what the demand is within the community um, and then try to meet those needs mm-hmm. at the time. Well, I'm seeing these this pod style, if you will, now, where mm-hmm. you have four or eight homes kind of around and they have a center gathering. Correct. But would you have the space for something like that down there? On the new footprint, we would, yes. Okay. 
Um, in the existing physical plant, we do not. However, from an operational standpoint, we try to function in that fashion um, so in which you have individual care units with X number of beds and X number of people caring for them. Okay. Yeah. Well, Jeff, we've got a lot in the news right now about the coronavirus. Oh, yes. And, uh, and of course, I guess the one uh, home out in Washington or whatever had several deaths, and, mm-hmm. and old people are at, are at risk. Older people. Not, I shouldn't so. say old people. That's yes. probably not a good term. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Mom our, and Dad. Our elders, our <laughs> our elders <laughs> are at risk, yeah. Our elders are at risk. So tell me about your plans and, and sure. how you're safeguarding your residents. Sure. We do have a pandemic committee and an emergency pandemic plan. Um, the committee has been meeting frequently since the announcement of the coronavirus. And right now, basically, what we're doing is watchful waiting. Um, we don't have any cases in the area, um, but we are screening visitors and staff at this point um, that have traveled to areas in which the virus has been known to be um, and restricting visitation as needed. Um, with that being said, our medical director is also aware and monitoring, and we monitor the CDC website daily as well for any updates. So uh, if I come in, you're going to ask mm-hmm. me, have you traveled anywhere before I get to go in and see my mom or dad? Correct. Or Is that yes. the way it works? Yeah, we have that posted at every point of entry to the facility. We will interview you upon entrance um, to see where you've been and also to see if you've had any signs and symptoms that would be reflective of, of the flu, basically, because yes. it does mimic that. So are you running a fever, you know, coughing, sneezing, huh. so on and so forth? Um, and then at that point, we're going to probably ask you not to visit um, simply because of the fact we want to be proactive. You know, once something like that gets into an institutionalized setting, a communal setting, there can be a contagion pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're being very cautious. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition, we also ramped up on food and supplies. So we have a, a, a three-week stock there just in case that there would. Oh, really? Absolutely. Just in case huh. there would be an outbreak or quarantine or supply chains get disrupted, you know, we're, we're prepared for that. Wow. Now, that's something I wouldn't have thought about, uh, but I guess your pandemic committee will put that into play as well. Correct. And our medical director is involved in that as well as our infectious disease doc. We do have an infectious disease physician on contracted on staff. Um, our pharmacy consultants involved so, you know, we can get access to our medications, so on and so forth. So, I, you know, I, I don't think you can totally ever prepare for something like this mm-hmm. definitively, uh, but I think we've done what's reasonable and prudent. Uh, to protect our employees and residents. Yeah, it sounds like it. Now, uh, it's 7.50 here in the morning, Jeff. We're running out of time here before too long, but I wanted to ask you, have you seen many cases of the flu in your at Chook? Um, we did. We had um, probably half a dozen cases within both of our facilities total as well as a few of our staff. Uh, again, fortunately, because we have a good uh, pandemic, good infection control committee, um, policies and procedures in place, we were able to contain that very quickly. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. What well, do, do you wear masks or anything like that? Because I hear conflicting reports about masks. Um, we do make it voluntary to wear masks, yes, and we do encourage that for visitors as well as staff alike uh, whenever there is a flu outbreak. Okay. Well, uh, we're running out of time. It's 7.52. We're out of time. Jeff, thank you so much for coming in. Jeff Truhan here, CEO and administrator of Shook Home. A big thank you for coming down here today. I, I'd like to give you a plug, but it's kind of not a, a business where you... No, I got it. I got I it. Mean, thanks for having me. It's a always a pleasure home. to be, yeah. be here and be with you. And again, yeah. just a final thank you to my staff who do all the hard work. Awesome. All right. All right. Well,